재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 This is Koreascape on TBS EFM 101.3 MHz in Seoul and surrounding areas. We start each week by taking a fresh check of the Korean mindset. And the way we do that is to listen very closely to what Koreans are saying to each other on mainstream media or on social media. It's a little feature called Culture Pulse. And on Mondays, we've got Violet Kim in the studio to guide us through it. Hey, Violet. Hi, Kurt. So topic number one today, a Hallyu theme park. It seems a decent idea in theory. Not yet built, but uh, people are talking about the idea. Right. So the world's first Hallyu content park is going to be modeled after Disneyland and Universal Studios. Mm -hmm. And in the sense that these theme parks aren't just amusement parks. They don't stop at rides, and they're branded with these uniquely American cartoon characters. Very much the Disneyland model, it sounds like. Right. So the Korean version, the Hallyu version, which is, I think, the working name is K-Culture Valley, and aims to be the Korean version of this. Good. And will open in late 2017. And a very big Korean entertainment conglomerate is spearheading the effort. Mm Mm-hmm partnering with the government. Okay, so mm-hmm. far so good. Mm-hmm. So you've got a, uh, a theme park kind of modeled on the Disney uh, premise mm-hmm. with all Korean Hallyu characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I, I guess that the private company is providing a lot of the business side of it. The government is kind of doing the zoning and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, how big are we talking? Uh, 46 soccer fields wide, so that's about 300,000 square meters. So that it's is a, a huge a part of land. Park. That's going a lot to of include, Hallyu. you know, multi-perfect purpose performance venues, shopping malls, accommodation, you know, the full package. Okay. And I guess it will be a place where all the hot K-pop bands stop by and do a show, that kind of thing? Right. So apparently, according to the article, the culture featured won't just be K-pop. It'll also have Korean history and Korean movies and dramas. So... I got to say, so far, so good. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we have a few different voices on this idea. Let's give them a listen in our social media elements. What exactly is this Korean wave? Isn't it just a passing fad, limited to Asia? Does it have great storytelling, and is it high-quality culture? It's such a mishmash of jumbled content. Unless the culture itself improves, the trend will die out. The season for the Korean wave has passed. That plot of land should be used as space for new ventures and startups instead. Why is the government getting involved? The other theme parks mentioned are parks that the companies themselves made. The government should be spending these funds on supporting impoverished artists instead. Violet, I have to admit I'm I'm taken aback by the level of cynicism in some of those comments. Mm-hmm. The I mean, Korean wave is over, things like that. Right. I think if you think I think Disneyland is not a good comparison though. I think it's because Disneyland has a lot of fans within America. Mm. But I feel like no one in Korea would really go to this. Like even people who listen to K pop regularly and do enjoy dramas, hmm. I don't think they would go to a themed park necessarily i feel like this because this is so you know targeted openly targeted almost at tourists yeah 
I think almost maybe a bit that's, of pandering going on. Right. I think that's maybe where some of the backlash is coming from. Fascinating. I, right. I, that's interesting to hear that from a Korean. I think um, perhaps a better place to build it might have been like, uh, you know, Hainan Island or some, you know, southern lease a big piece of land in China and uh, let the Chinese uh, mainland tourists and right. other Asians visit a Korean park in China and really go whole hog with the international aspect of right. it. Right. Although I guess that would sort of defeat the purpose of bringing money into Korea. But ah, there that you would go. actually yeah. make a lot more sense to me as well. Yeah, so there's uh, there's an aspect of, uh, you know, this is a little bit cheesy. I think I get that from you, that the Korean feel that, yes. you know, this is a little bit over the top for us. It's a little bit of pandering to the uh, tourists. I guess there was an issue with one of those comments in terms of the public funds and the government getting involved. Let this be a completely private thing. Right. Okay, let's leave that there. I guess we can stop into the park in 2017 and see how good it is for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Next up, some defeated politicians are getting a chance to go on television in the emergence of new channels. Right, so some politicians, you know that recently we had the 20th National Assembly elections, mm-hmm. and the politicians that were defeated are taking to, uh, or, or they're de- attempting to appear on TV to sort of remain relevant mm-hmm. and pay their bills. Um, those who are professors, doctors, or lawyers can always return to their jobs, but those who are politicians by profession need a way to sort of survive. And until thus the they next become elections. talking heads. Right, right. Mm. So that's one way to survive. And according to the Yonab article about... Uh, politicians receive about 500,000 to a million won to MC a program. A single program. Per appearance. That's a nice little paycheck. Mm -hmm. And about 200 to 300,000 won to appear on a panel, you know, as one of the panelists. Okay. Uh, And this is not on the mainstream channels, right? This is not on the big three channels that occupy free-to-air television in Korea. It's it's these little emergent private channels on cable. Right. This is called Chongpyeon in Korean, the comprehensive programming channels. So Hmm. they're usually known for being a little bit um, politically right. Right, as in the opposite of left. Right, the opposite of left and (laughs) not correct. Mm. And the politicians featured tend to be from the current ruling party, the Senduri party. It's not always the case, but you can sort of see why, like, the way people react in the comments sort of shows that this is why they're cynical about it. It sounds almost to me like a a bit of a foxification of Korean media. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fox came along an entirely private cable channel Mm -hmm. and gobbled up all of these conservatives and kind of batched them together in a very right-of-center message. Mm -hmm. And that seems to be a little bit what's happening here. Right, except it's like five foxes. (laughs) Yeah, five foxes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so the, the, the comments are generally cynical? Yes, the comments are generally cynical. Some readers thought it was problematic that, you know, the broadcasting programs took on these politicians and a certain political slant Mm. when they should be neutral. And others said that, like, because of the Senuri Party politicians, other politicians were kind of forced to appear on TV as well so that they, you know, they're forced to play the game so they don't lose. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Stay in the game and uh, grab some equal time. Yes. Let's move on to our next topic, Mm -hmm. Uh, a little bit of falsehoods going on on social media. Uh, What does this mean? 
So what do you mean, what does this mean? Well, I mean, is this the usual uh, putting up a, you know, a different uh, profile picture that makes you look uh, taller, slimmer, richer, better looking than you are? I think that's sort of the beginning of it. I Mm -hmm. guess that's sort of the gateway drug that this article talks about. Um, So lying on social media is nothing new, but a new story talks about how sometimes it can lead to fraud and other crimes, including impersonation. So this new story from the Chulang Daily describes a neologism called isability. Isability, mm-hmm. like I have iso. Iso is I have, yes, and ability is like the word ability used as a suffix, as mm-hmm. in you know eligibility. I see. Right. So basically, the term is not negative, which is what caught my eye. It means the ability to look like you have the ability to present yourself or brand yourself on social media mm-hmm. in a way that you look like you have it all or or that you have it or got it. So, so you could say isobility, simnida. Right, right. It's something that, you know, it's it's used as a hashtag and it's a more positive spin on the word hose, which is the Korean word for bluffing or showiness. Ah, right. but that's a very, uh, you know, negative term, isn't it? Hose. Right. But I guess it's kind of like the difference between no, knowing how to present yourself on social media and, you know, putting up a heavily photoshopped picture of yourself on social media. It's kind of two different ways of saying the same thing. Give me a little example of this. Is this, is this mainly in the seeking a uh, romantic partner sphere that this happens? Well, one of the examples did have to do with this. The article exa- describes several examples of what can go wrong if isability is taken too far. Mm-hmm. And the most extreme example was of a married 30-something man who pretended he was a wealthy single doctor on social media and even went on several dates with women. And another example was a, a woman who took photographs from interior design websites and posted them online and pretended this was her apartment in Cheongdam. Okay. So, Buyer beware. There's right. uh, a lot of fibbers out there. Right. A little bit of catfishing going on. Are you familiar with that term? Yes. And you saw that movie. Catfish was this documentary I, about this woman that fished in these guys with all of this glamorous details online. Right. And truth be told, she was this very... Uh, ordinary, to say the least, woman out in the middle of nowhere. What are people saying in a nutshell? Um, Well, despite the positive spin that the word instability puts on this act of sort of branding yourself on social media, the comments were fairly negative, Mm -hmm. I mean, given the, you know, stories. And, but there were still people who said that this is normal and that everyone did this on social media, but they sort of cautioned that we should, you know, do this in moderation. So lying about your marital status is bad, you know, putting up a nice picture of your food is not bad. Exactly. And there are a lot of people that specialize in curating their self-image via social media, mm-hmm. and they make it look like they're constantly traveling and constantly mm-hmm. making gourmet food and mm-hmm. things like that. Those aren't lies, but it's a very curated picture of who you are. Right. But uh, it's definitely yeah. not fraud or impersonation. It's isobility. Right. Yeah. Okay. And that's by no means limited to Korea, but Korea has just found a fascinating word to uh, apply to it. Isobility. Yeah. I'm going to remember that one. Lastly today, something we're going to talk about a little more in mm-hmm. our second half in the Rock Scholar segment. But uh, Korea, as mentioned by that gambling expert earlier, is one of the only countries in the world that has serious treatment centers for internet addiction. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's mainly gaming-driven, isn't it? I think so, yes. There are horror stories of parents leaving their children to die at home while they hang out at the pishibang, the internet cafes. Yeah, and every once in a while, like uh, less frequently nowadays, Mm -hmm. you read about somebody who played a game for three days straight, eating nothing but ramen noodles, and then just, you know, had cardiac arrest right at their turn. Right. 
Right. But on the flip side, you also have like gaming as like a national sport. Sure. And we have these like gamers that earn a ton of money. So it's it, if it is an addiction, then there is a certain level of hypocrisy in the way that, you know, people yeah. support the industry, but they call it an addiction. So There's a lot of glamour, but then there's also the fixation with internet and gaming. And as a result, all these sort of organizations, boot camp approaches and mm-hmm. therapy centers, things like that have sprung up. Right. What are people saying, just real briefly, about this addiction problem? Well, when the, it's not mostly about the addiction, but when the government set out to launch programs to heal or control serious gaming addiction, people were a little bit defensive, understandably, because mm-hmm. you don't want someone to call your hobby an addiction. Yeah. Well, it's part of, and it's part of the creative economy and tell you and all of that. So right. there's, they're pushing it on one side, but they want to keep it under control under the other. That will be all of our time for Culture Pulse today, Violet. Thank you very much for coming in. Thanks, Kurt. And Koreascape returns right after this.